Keep on this is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is some who's not somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. He's right here next to me, live at the Jenner Saloon. Mike, how you doing? Steve, it feels good to be back in the Jenner Saloon for the first time in, I don't know, eight, nine months. Uh, we pretty much picked up right where we left off, where... Um, Patriots just lost, and we got a rally and, you know, bring ourselves up here. But it feels good to be back in your guys' company. Trent, I forgot what your gross mustache looked like in person, so I'm happy to, to get a nice little look at it there. <laughs> and as always, right here at the Jenner Saloon, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good, gentlemen, but things are different now, now that we're all back together, and I'll tell you why. Normally, we all get together... And Mike spends about an hour telling us how he's figured out how to make all the microphones work and the technology problems are all behind us. And this time, Mike doesn't even attempt to get a third microphone hooked up. We're supposed to all have our own microphone. Uh, and Mike didn't even bother to, to give us the tradition of 90 minutes of wasted time of Mike messing up the technology. So I'm not sure how I feel about change, guys. I'm kind of a tradition guy. Trent, my time is valuable, okay? I can't waste it dealing with these shenanigans any longer so i went with the system that i know works and here we are oh boy. this is a fun part of the live yeah show. so uh my dog is not happy with steve's dog mike's dog is a little shit yeah he's being an asshole mike's dog is going into steve's dog like box of toys after just kicking yeah. him out he thinks her out. he he thinks he runs the show here and uh me and him are gonna have a talking to tonight <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna sit down and we're gonna talk about it um so steve it's uh, election week. Let's talk politics, right? Oh, yeah. That's what we came um, here to do. So, uh, yeah, it's been, I'd rather talk politics than talk <laughs> what just happened in the Patriots game. I got a lot of thoughts yeah, on May 2nd talk. congressional district. Yeah. What are you um, going to vote for the third Massachusetts uh, question? This I don't even know if there is are three we, questions. Are we really doing this right no, now? No, we're not I don't, I don't like this, this bit. I don't like funny. this bit. I but think anyways. it's a funny bit. <laughs> <laughs> you want? You really want to talk politics? No, I don't want to talk okay. politics, Steve. It was a joke. <laughs> all right. So, anyways, we had last night. Mike came up. He came all the way off the coast of Connecticut. Came up here to Massachusetts. We watched him USC. We watched him college football. We had a couple Miller Lights. Woke up this morning. Went for a nice long run. One of my first like long runs in a while. And you know, my heels kind of banged up. I'm you know I've been injured on and off. But coming back from that run. Early morning run in the brisk November air, coming back, getting some coffee in you, followed by a Miller Lite shortly after that, and you're about to have a full day's worth of football ahead of you. That's the best feeling. That is my. That is maybe one of my best feelings in the world. Is on a fall morning, you get a nice workout in. You know, you, you come back, you get in the shower, get some food, maybe crack that first beer, and then you know you got a, you just got a full slate of football ahead of you. There's nothing better than that. Literally nothing like it. Trent, did you enjoy that nice run with us this morning, too? No, no, no absolutely time? not. Nope, <laughs> nope, I slept in. I did not run this morning. But I don't need to. I feel like I'm, at, I'm very much prepared for the big races coming up in this, this, 
the week's ahead of us, so I can take a day off here or there. I am jealous, though. You guys make it sound very nice. I like how uh, me and Steve, we're at the point in our life where we're... It, we did a run on Sunday, so I think that's why we're <laughs> calling it a long run. Fair. I don't think six and a half miles should be considered a long run, but... they I, didn't. The listeners didn't need to know that it was only six and a half, Mike. That's true. If you guys... Half milers, it would have been a long run, right? It's You're Sunday long mid distance. They can do Sunday long runs. Sunday six and a half. long run. So before we get into what we're training for and all the excitement that's coming later this week, later this week, we have a big announcement. We have a new presenting sponsor for the podcast. So the Harrier. You've heard us talk about the Harrier on the podcast before. Harrier is kind of like a lifestyle clothing brand. For runners, they make their clothing. Uh, you know, it's inspired by pop culture. It's inspired by history of the sport. It's it's inspired by fashion of the sport. Obviously, Drip Choge, some high fashion <laughs> icon, and it's just kind of made for everyday runners. I mean, as runners, we have so much technical gear. Like all of our stuff is designed for the run. And if it's not, if something's made for a runner, it's usually like a crappy race T-shirt. This stuff is is like it's fun, high quality stuff for runners to just kind of wear. Uh, you know throughout their the rest of their life when they're not on the run so i'm super excited to be partnering with the harrier and if any of the listeners want to go on the-harrier.com you can use promo code p2e to get 10 percent off i remember the hyphen i forget that sometimes you know the hyphens yeah they there. sneak it in there the dash harrier so we were talking about it earlier but of course like they're they're you know funny gear is is really good you know the college dropout stuff and all that good stuff it's great but they also have a line of like these like crew neck, just straight up fresh looking Harrier with a little dog on it. It is beautiful. It is really really good product. Uh, I'm I'm about to go get me some on the Dash Harrier. I didn't forget the Dash. I got Don't you. Don't forget it. Follow them on Instagram too. Good good Instagram account. They yeah. they showcase their uh, their gear, but there's also just some other clever stuff that uh, fans of our or yeah people that listen to the podcast are gonna like are gonna like the Instagram account too. And the other big announcement is this week we are starting the Stoke Performance Virtual Race Team Race Series. So you guys have heard us talk about so much about this race series that's coming up this month. It's throughout the month. We don't need to kind of bore you with all the details. But for those of you that have signed up on uh, Instagram Live, tomorrow night we're going to be announcing the first distance. So pick one of your one of your team members to run that distance. Submit it by, what did we say, Sunday at noon eastern time yep. so um i'm really excited for that and guys i was going through the list we have people running from literally all over the world we have like five teams from germany this is like really that's not real it's 100 percent real. real no it is this is what, like germany germany pennsylvania <laughs> oh it's berlin germany no. baby whether we have real people from Germany or there's like a hacker that's like hacking our, our page with fake submissions, I'll take either because I feel like those sure. are both like signs of success. Either way, that's good. So if you guys are fake, you German, you German runners out there, <laughs> if you're fake, I'm okay with that. I want you to know. But what I was going to say was like, you know, when we first started this podcast, we would hate on kind of all the virtual race scenes. We hate it. We we're big haters of Strava and everything that people did to stay connected and run virtually. But, you know, we had to adapt. Like, we had to change. Like, you know, obviously we can't run together. So we kind of embraced the Strava world. We embraced the virtual racing. And now we have this cool 
team race coming up and we're literally bringing runners together from around the world and i've completely changed my tune like this stuff is awesome like there and i think it's going to change the running world forever in the sense like you're net there's never going to be a race without a virtual component so you know when we do the irish clover five miler in drake at massachusetts <laughs> this march you know there's going to be an in-person race but we can also race against people from around the world so i think if like anything has changed during this this crazy time and like any benefits have come out of it is the fact that like you know the racing world is forever changed and you do get to compete against people from all over the world can i can i still pretend like i don't like strava yeah that's fine i feel like i can't i can't give that up it's important now and we need it and it has been it's been pretty awesome but i just feel like i still need to like talk smack about Strava. I just need to. I think we can say, I don't want to use Strava for my everyday runs. Right? Sure. That's that's it. But I do appreciate what it can do for something like this. Uh, we're, we're like the the old stubborn men, at least I know I am, when just like change comes. I'm not ready for it. Like my before the show thing about Mike not trying to waste all our time with technology. <laughs> I don't like change. I like my traditions. I like things just set in stone the way they are. However, when you give me you know six months of, of living in this new world, uh, I can come around in some things, and yeah, virtual racing. The benefits of Strava—it's not all negative. There are there are some positives to Strava. So we're we're kind of going free form a little bit tonight, Steve. So I think we kind of kind of cut out the segments a little bit. Oh no! And uh, so let's just get right into it. And I guess we'll kind of choose our own adventure. Steve, do you want to go with NCAA cross country first? Do you want to talk about Galen Rupp, or do you want to talk about Mo Farah? Where do you want to go with this? NCAA cross country. All right, let's go NCAA sure. cross country. So I would say the first one we should talk about here is, we're, don't worry, people. I know we're big SEC cross country podcast. We're going to get to it. We're, we're going to get to it. But we need to first talk about the Big Ten championship because we had kind of a wild race. Wait, Big 12, right? Big 12 championship. Big 12. <laughs> we <laughs> are Y'all got it. Uh <laughs> We had, we had some crazy stuff happen. So Oklahoma State and Iowa on the men's side tied for the conference championship with 31 points. Now, I was a little confused on tiebreaker because where I ran cross country and kind of the rules I thought... Trent, how do you how do you break a tie in cross country? Do you want me to get my rant now? I, you can do this lead into it. But yeah, it's the six man. It's always, I always thought it was the six man. Every time I run cross country my entire life, duel me, state me. College. It's always been the sixth man that what, breaks the tie. What when are you I, talking about? When I was the sixth man, because I wasn't, you know, as fast, everyone cheers you on. They say, you could be the tiebreaker. And it, it makes you believe like you really matter. So I think we need to explain what happened first before we go on these rants. Right. So there was a tie. And what you're saying, Mike, is that it didn't come down to it the sixth man. It did not come Dis- down to the dis- What you're saying is displacement wasn't a factor in determining the winner. So the way that they broke the tie, and from my limited amount of research, it sounds like the way that they do it, and I guess this is how it's done at the national championship, which is mind-blowing to me. I had no idea this. They don't go to the sixth man. What they do is they match up each runner. So you have your first runner and your first runner, your second runner, second runner, third runner, third runner, et cetera, all the way one through five, and they take the individual matchups. So if me and you are the one guy and you beat me, that's a point for your team. Steve, if you and Trot are the second guys and Trot beats you, then that's a point for him. So they do that all, and then they use that to break the tie. And that's how Oklahoma State went on because they won 3-2 to two in that little matchup game. And, that, and they're the conference champions. So this, 
everything I knew about cross country was that the six seven man was important to the team because they're the displacement guys, right? You know, the top five score, but the six seven still need to run hard. They still need to catch as many as people as they can because you know that's that's part of the sport. So you telling me, and I mean, you're, you're talking to somebody, you're talking to three people here that participated in this sport at the collegiate level, and we had no idea that this was the case. And I guess you're not going to see at the college level, you're not going to see, especially at the championship, you know, the championship season, you're not going to see ties. But, you know, when it does happen and you don't go to those deeper spots, I mean, this, like, what's the point? What are we doing here? So here's the crazy thing, is there are some conferences, including the conference that we all ran in, that does the six man tiebreaker. Okay, all right. So that it, makes me feel. It, that it, makes me it, feel a lot better that that I actually did know the rules of the conference I was competing. Yes, in. right. And and so I guess it's up to the conference to decide how they want it, which is an insane thing, like to begin with. That the, each conference can choose their own destiny here. But yeah, apparently each conference chooses it. So some conferences go with this weird matchup rule and some go with the six man and we all came up in a conference that the six man broke the tie and there still will be displacement right among these yeah, like right. your six seven guy can still push back the five guy when you, before the tie breaks and everything but i think the beauty of cross country is like all seven men that step on the line or women that step on the line are have like an important role to play that day you're already cutting out like two-thirds of the team most of the time right most teams got 15 20 runners on it so you're only taking seven and then each of them should matter now you have this complicated weird matchup thing that like i'd have to go boo and have like a calculator out trying to like count on each side how many matchups win i don't understand why you don't do the six man it's simple it's like it's a beautiful like simple system and it puts everyone on your team has a huge role to play that day and and i think if you were to like i I don't understand why they do this because you know maybe there's something in this i'm missing i think if you were to like poll coaches or you poll athletes or just kind of get like a general consensus of what people would want in the sport (laughs) i feel like most people would say that they would want the sixth seventh man or woman to uh displace and count in the race like who who wants this system it doesn't make any sense to me and it seems arbitrary right because Theoretically, you could have a system where your, your first and your second guy displace, or your first and second guy beat the other first and second guy, but then your three, four, five. I don't, I don't know. The system just seems. What's up, Miley? There's just like a, a line of dogs, just head to tail, walking around. And this is what around. we deal with in, in you know, the gender saloon sometimes. It, it happens. Someday I, we'll I be able to afford the uh, a real podcast studio, but in, until then, we are in uh, my living room. With red zone on the TV and uh, dogs going crazy, so that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with. All right, continue, Mike. Anyways, that was a good transition piece. Anyways, let's move Wait, on. Wait, can I? Can I have sure, one? Yeah, I, I had a good comment. Please, and then I, I got like distracted it. with the dogs. Do you guys think there's any? So apparently, conferences can come up with their own tie-breaking system. Is any conference out there that we don't know of, maybe like a random D3 conference, have some like crazy tiebreaker? And do we have any ideas for what could be like a really fun tiebreaker? What if, what if there was like some type of additional like physical challenge, right? Oh, I love it. What if, what if, oh, here, what, let's do this. So if there's a tie, it comes down to the two teams that tied. There's either like a wrestling match or you could keep between two people on the team or what you could do is you could do like 
a thrower's competition. So you could do like discus, shot, or, dra- or javelin. So on every cross-country team, you keep like, you, whether it's wrestling, you, you, you like, you keep one wrestler on your yeah. team. Or if it's, if it's uh, you know, if it's throwing, you keep one thrower on your team just in case it is ever a tie. So I, I, I love that idea. But I'm a big, like, let's decide huge sports competitions via coin flip. Like, I love it when there's, like, a high school, like, a Texas high school state championship. This <laughs> means, like, the world to these people. And you have, like, a three-way tie for, like, to go to the playoffs. And you have to do it via coin flip. I think that's an electric way to do it. <laughs> I mean, it would be electric. I don't know if I can get behind the coin flip idea, but it would be electric. I like the idea. Like, like most sports just have you know, extra innings, right? Or, or overtime. Oh, line them up back. on the line run again. It doesn't have to be another 8K. Maybe <laughs> just put them on for like a two-mile. I mean, think about like the the guts on the, the runners that are able to just come back out there and put another two-mile on. <laughs> I would love to see that. I mean, if I if I ran if I ran an 8K, right, and, and, and we ran our hearts out into the point where we tied for the win, and, you know, it was a... Uh, heartbreaking tie like everybody went out there and they you know gave it their all to tie for this win and you told me i had to get back on the line to run another ak i would i would quit the sport of running (laughs) right then and there i would get back on the bus say i'm done you know i'm not i'm not participating all right maybe not a full ak maybe just make it like a hundred meter sprint just like line them up at the home stretch and have two guys just you pick your guy whoever you want send them out there and throw it down yes yeah great ideas um all right so Quickly, let's hit the ACC here. Uh, mostly want to talk about this one because Notre Dame took home on the men's side and our guy, Yared Nogus, a friend of the program, won it for Notre Dame, helped them get their victory. Uh, on the women's side, NC State dominated, wasn't even close. It was like a 50-point margin. Uh, you guys got any interesting things to say about those? Uh, the fact that Notre Dame won just makes me hate Notre Dame. Oh, that's a, lot. a good point. I was, was going to bring that up. Yep. Yeah, that, that their football team can't join the conference yet. They get to like pick and choose their conference participation, and then they get to get championships in cross country. I don't know. Notre Dame, figure it out. Just like join a conference and stop being so stuck up. How about our boy Nagoose? Nagoose is loose, and I saw that uh, you know uh, Notre Dame was posting uh, Nagoose on the loose or Nagoose is loose. Can we print? Can we take credit for that? Did he say people were saying that before before us, or can we take credit for that? I would love to take credit for it. I would be shocked if nobody ever said that before us, but I don't care. I, I think I, we should just throw a fit, throw an absolute fit. When when we had him on the pod, we went over some nicknames. We did. Too, and maybe did. one of those is, is needs to stick a little bit more. Wait, have we said. had this conversation before? I feel like we have. You having deja vu? I am. I am. Didn't like he... I think he won when he won the DMR. They said Nagoose is loose, and we had, and I, I was saying it the episode prior. Yeah, probably. Again, I again, I would find it very hard. But Trent did come up with some uh, alternative nicknames that we should probably copyright before they steal those too. Because Nagoose is going to be like very successful. It looks like like when you get a guy who's the the mile champ, right? Or fifteen. I don't know which one he took. But 15. he's an NCAA champion on the track at mid-distance. Um, and then he comes out and he's, he's winning conferences, championships on cross-country. Like, that kind of versatility, I feel like, just is a good indicator for... Like, this is going to be a household name, I think. No, he's not. Oh, he's going to be a dentist, yeah, right? Yeah, he said, he, he oh, said yeah, he's not going to... On, on peak too early, he said he's not going to run professionally. Let's see if that still happens. We'll see. 
Um, all right, moving on to the SEC, the most important conference. Our favorite, you know, sport, I would say, is SEC cross country. And so when we first chose our teams for, uh, you know, our kind of competition here, we ruled out Arkansas on the men's and women's side because they were powerhouses, and they showed it, dominating the SEC. Again, not even close on the men's and women's side. But one thing I did want to bring up here, and I'm sure there's plenty to talk about when it gets to SEC cross country, but on the men's side, Ole Miss went 1-2-3 and lost the conference championship. To me, that is mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing that you can go 1-2-3 and not win the conference championship. And what's at the dual meet math? If you go one, two, three, you can't lose. That's that's the dual. Meet. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen at the invitation or championship. But the math is, you literally no other team can win if a team goes one, two, three. Well, so and I guess that's kind of what made me think. Like, what is a better determination of what a better cross country team is? Right, a, co- a conference championship setting where you got multiple teams and it's spread out, or a head to head matchup, a dual meet type setting. Like, what is a better way to determine what the best cross country team is? Because if Ole Miss runs that team against Arkansas in a dual meet, they kill them because yeah. they go one, two, three, right? So, I don't know. It's an interesting question. I guess you'd have to say the big meet because that's how we run in, the in conference the- and the regional and the, and the NCAA. But it's just a weird thing to think that at our biggest stage, Ole Miss is going to get killed by Arkansas. But head-to-head, they beat them. I mean, that's just, it's a weird thing to think about. You bring, up, you bring up a really cool point in the sense that, you know, at the collegiate and at the pro level, everything is structured around these big mate and big meets. But at the lower level in high school, it's all, it's, it's about right. the dual meets. Right. Like your season is all about the dual meets. And it's kind of strange how once you, once you leave high school and go to college, it, you know, the, just kind of the structure and the way the sport is set up completely changes. And I'm trying to think, does that happen in any other sport? I don't think so. No, no, you you completely change how you go about like what's important about racing and, and structuring a team and strategy and all that. It goes it goes out the window because the sport is it's just different and you know what I mean? We saw that like I know on our team in college too, there's a big difference between regional championships, conference championships and oh, national yeah. championships where if there is a, an absolute stud in your conference who gets the number 1 and you got runners going 2 and 3, not a big difference there. But when that suck goes at the Nationals and has a top five finish and your best runner's placing like 40 to 50, that's 40 points that you're behind now instead of that one point. And that, that's a huge difference, too, where those absolute studs are crucial at the National stage. You kind of like the argument where the six-man matters for the tiebreaker. I don't, I don't think dual meet is as good of an indicator as it is like the conference championship. I like to see like more guys matter. It seemed like Ole Miss who goes one, two, three. If you can't find a four and five guy to fill your damn roster out there, like that's that speaks really poorly to your coaching staff, to recruiting and just being able to get guys on the line. So I don't like to look at them as like a full complete cross country team. Yeah, do you think there's a, a rift between the one, two, three guys of Ole Miss and the four, five, six, seven? I think they you know there's some some tension, some headbutting going on there. I don't I, I mean I can't imagine there's tension and headbutting, but there deep down there has to be some like some some animosity there it has to be pissed off where it's like the top three guys are like listen we just went one two three we need we need you to step up in the smallest way yeah. and make something happen to get us the win so like if i was i mean if i was in that top three and i was you know we were we were kind of coming across the line one two three and then we don't win the race like yeah i'd be pissed i'd be and, furious and i promise you those one two three guys care a lot 
about winning because the kid who won the race, I don't know if you guys saw the clip, but he came across the line and he had barely, it was like a sprint to the finish and he, his teammates are right there and he had barely crossed the line and the second he crossed the line, just collapsed to his knees and started bawling crying. I mean, it was like one of the most insane displays of emotion I've ever seen. So yeah, I mean, these kids care about that sport. So I think they were happy that they got the win. I think they're happy that they put themselves out there, but it's gotta be frustrating going one, two, three and losing. Yeah, yeah, no, that's... And then, and then, you know, just kind of uh, on the women's side, you know, there was uh, Arkansas when they they put, they think they put five women in the top 10. So they went four through 10, I believe, or four through 11. Um, just an unbelievable finish for the Arkansas women. Am I jumping ahead of you, Mike? No, you no, 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 no. I, I was just thinking, like, how fun is it going in? Not, I say it like I experienced it. I've never experienced it. How fun must it be going into, like, a conference championship or a huge meet knowing that you are just about to be unstoppable. Like yeah. you're gonna absolutely just run through everybody. Nobody can touch you. Like that must just be like the coolest feeling. Stepping on that line, knowing, yeah, we, I mean, we're about to dominate you, and we're gonna about to dominate you in the most ridiculous fashion. It as cool as it would be to be part of a one, two, three in like a major conference yep. championship. It would be so much cooler <coughs> rolling with a pack of like five to six people that you have no have a chance to. To, to place in the top 10, like that's got to be the best feeling yes. in a cross-country race. And the best part for the Arkansas women and our other conference champions this week, Bender season starts that's right. you know, yesterday, basically. Well, There's no delay. It just starts. I guess not. We, Nationals I, I not until April well, or that's March a good or whatever. Point. It's like... Like, my head's broken right now. There's no more meets going on, and then there's going to be a new national champion in March or whatever. Yeah, that's true. So this is for the first time in history... Bender season comes before nationals. Yeah. Huh? What? <laughs> okay. It's a brutal year. Um, hey, we're talking about SEC, but it's taking us a very, very long time to get to. All right, moving to on to the next we, topic here. To what we uh, set out to at the beginning of cross country to do. So to recap, we all, the three of us, picked a team. So we picked a team, and we're gonna ride with that men's and women's team. And it couldn't be who we said we couldn't be Arkansas, couldn't be Old Miss. Yeah, but it could be any other team from the SEC, and we all put some money up. Mike, you want to break down what happened here? So I had Kentucky, you had Missouri, and then Trent had Florida, right? That's correct. All right. Well, why don't you break down what happened there? Um, I don't know. I didn't look at the result. No. Uh, so Florida came in last in both, <laughs> both the men and the women. No, they didn't come in last. Well, they, they came in last with the three matchup of Missouri which is important, and Kentucky. Which is important. But I don't want you to throw a last place on my Gators. Just call are you, it, just are call you it. still defending your Gators after you trying to wait, trying to protect their feelings here? I'm just saying they didn't come in last in the media. I don't want to confuse. Okay. They came uh, in last listening. in our competition. And Steve's team, Kentucky, didn't come in last. They won on both sides, the men and the women. We went one, two, three. So I'm sitting in the middle, right? I'm not as bad as Trent. Yeah, obviously I didn't win, but I'm not nearly as bad as Trent did. I didn't, nearly as bad. I didn't. I didn't just win. I dominated. Yeah. I just want to Kentucky, emphasize, Kentucky though, I didn't lose your teams. I just want to emphasize I didn't lose as bad as Trent, though. And let me tell you what. And to all the listeners, you have no bad, no idea how bad I needed this because this NFL Sunday. <laughs> was absolutely brutal i i did not win a single bet from this sunday and uh yeah i I needed this sometimes you just need to win one and this this was nice the the good news of that steve is usually while we're recording at your house we're like distracted by what's on the tv we don't even have to watch 
the television because we know whatever game is on, we're probably just going to lose. Like, let me look up. Oh, hey, Seattle's losing. Sick. I mean, it's just like, you know, the the Patriots lose in in horrible, dramatic fashion. There's there's no... It's looking like there's going to be no upside for the season. You know, we we were the, the greatest team of all time, and now we're just spiraling. And it, <coughs> who knows where this team is going to be next year in the coming years. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting killed on every single bet on the entire slate of Sunday football. And I get this, and it's just like, you know, Kevin Malone. It's just, it's just nice to win one. It's just nice, it's to, just win nice one. to win one. Leave it, leave it to us to spend half of the SEC topic talking about the Patriots and the football. <laughs> but, hey, I just want to give a shout-out. So, on the men's side, so we got in 15th and 18th place, we got Matt Duvall and Ethan Kern, both freshmen. So the top runners for Kentucky. So Kentucky's going to be looking good for a long time. Shout out to our guy Jacob Thompson, you know, former Kentucky Wildcat. But um, yeah, so so awesome job on the men's side and on the women's side we got Jenna Jenna Gearing who finished <laughs> second overall junior in, from Kentucky. Um, yeah, I made the I made an awesome pick. I'm big fans of, of, of what Kentucky's doing here. All right, enough of that. Um, let's talk Galen Rapp. Uh, so for anybody who doesn't know, there was this weird secret uh, underground half marathon that went down between Galen Rupp and Osaka. They kind of like threw it out last minute. We found out the day before, and I guess they were just going to go after it. The results got published the next day. Galen Rupp took the victory in uh, 60 minutes and 22 seconds. Um, as far as I know, there's nowhere to watch this race. So it's like, oh, sick, we get to just see a time on paper that Galen Rupp ran. To me, this could have been a cool thing. Like a could have been awesome. A cool, like, just like Just like the Michigan Pro Half Marathon. First off, he should have probably gone to that. I don't know if he was invited. Should have gone to that, but this could have been a very cool thing to watch, and they just, you know, they didn't they didn't give us any opportunity. To yes. Um, it, it could have been a cool thing. Two guys going head-to-head, but it wasn't. To me, this was like a nothing burger. Like, I, I don't know what to take away from this. Like, okay, sick. Galen Rupp ran like 13 miles. Mike, you're, uh, go ahead, Trent. I'll say, I, I'll give you two takeaways. One, we'll start with the obvious here, and that's the eye black. That I was just going to say, yeah. you're, you're glossing over the biggest part of the story, yeah. and that's the two nasal strips underneath his eyes. What is going on, Galen? I mean, listen, you're making it really, really difficult for us to like you when you do this stuff. Having said that, right, that was my first reaction to some similar things about why were you just not in Michigan last week? Like, can we get you on something where we can watch and, and watch you compete with more than one other runner out there? Um, he ran fast, right? He had the American 10-mile record, like, in route to this half marathon that he ran. And it's, like, I know we're going to have our, our thing against Rupp, but it's starting to be that time where we're going to be transitioning between like a pro Rupp podcast, right? Because when the Olympics come around, we're going to be getting behind him. And it is encouraging to know, like, he's super fit right now. He's flying um, in route to this half marathon. And, and when we come around, we're going to have like a real, you know, opportunity to do something special uh, in Tokyo if that ever happens. With, with all due respect, Trent, what, what kind of like news story is Galen Rupp ran fast? Like, yeah. Oh, congratulations, dude. Like, you're one of the best distance runners of our generation. That's awesome that you ran fast. I didn't get to watch it. I didn't get to see you race anybody. Like, who cares? Who cares? And and on the nasal strips there, I've always been a pro Galen Rupp guy. We all know that. 
We all know that. I've always been a huge Galen Rupp guy. So I am going to say those look super cool. And he's always doing innovative things to make the sport look cooler and not super nerdy and weird and just look like a loser out on there. He's always doing innovative stuff to do that. Again, I've always been a, a big Galen Rupp supporter, and we know that. Did we? Did Did you reach out to Galen and tell him to listen to this episode, see if he can come on? What's the deal here? No, I I've it's on the record. T- check the tapes. I've always been a big Galen Rupp guy. It's uh, Mike doing his best uh, Mike Felger impression. Yeah. There. <laughs> no, no. I yeah. I, I mean Galen Rupp. I think most people who follow the sport have a similar kind of reaction to him that I do. I feel like I have a love-hate relationship with him, where it's like, you know, he comes out to the trials, he absolutely dominates the trials, he's sitting down at the starting line, it's just like, I mean, that was awesome, that was great, and he comes out here, he does this secret half marathon, he's got the stupid nasal strips on his <laughs> eyes, he looks like a clown, it's and it's stuff like that where it's just like, oh, I think I hate this guy again, so I, I don't know, I have a very mixed emotions about Galen Rupp, but you are right, where it is nice to see our top athletes in the united states to be able to come out here and dominate whenever they want and have like a real like a real legit hopeful for for a, for a medal if not like a gold medal yeah. uh next year that we haven't heard from him in like six months or whatever right like he's yeah. been kind of underground and so just to have this again like yeah some of the things can drive you crazy and like seem to do it or it's differently but it is it's just uh, you know it's validating that he's grinding and we're gonna have a real chance at it sure all right, pivoting from one superstar in the sport to another, Mo Farah has recently signed a contract with the game show, I Am a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, which apparently, I don't know anything about it. Steve says he knows a little more, maybe he can touch it. Wasn't it like, wasn't I, it? Like, it's like some kind of survivor-based yeah. show. They put these celebrities out in the wilderness and, <laughs> you know, see how they can, I, I don't know, but... The UK is not happy with him because apparently this is like right in his training cycle of like going into the Olympics. So it, it sure seems like he's not taking the Olympics all that seriously. He's going to go on like a 12-week game show in the midst of an Olympic run here. Mo Farah can do whatever the hell he wants at this point. I mean, the guy has earned the right to go on whatever dumb game show that Mo Farah wants to go on. Plus, he's washed anyway at this point. He's not going to win, you know, a medal at this year's Olympics. Let him have his fun. Now, would I have picked this game show? Maybe it's super popular in the UK. I'm not giving enough credit. But I would have maybe chosen something a little more popular, Mo. I mean, give yourself some credit. You're a sir, after all. Like, you've been knighted. You don't have to go on these, like, C-level reality shows. Let's see you on the actual Survivor. Um, but yeah, he does whatever he wants. He's more fair. Well, let me ask you something. What if Galen Rupp came out and leading up to the Olympics was was doing this? You would torch him. Yeah, I would torch him. And me, him. as a huge Galen Rupp supporter, you know, I... I take that personally when you would treat Galen Rupp differently than you would treat Sir Mo Farah. I just, I just feel like Mo has has accomplished more than Galen has. I would argue, and I think Mo is a little past his prime, whereas Galen is. But this is probably his last Olympics. Like this is his last shot to do anything. And he made the big deal about how he's coming back to the 10K. Like that was supposed to be the big storyline for Mo coming back down from the marathon or whatever. So I, I. Did chariot, something... did chariot just kill his, you know, his desire to want to like take it seriously? So, so I'm mean, not chariot, uh, chapter guy. Yeah. So I think that the the Olympics getting pushed back a year is 
is one is it's it, for Mo Farah, it's probably one of the best things that could happen, but for a very different reason compared to a lot of other athletes because he was coming into this and I, and, you know, this was looking like it was going to be his last Olympics and he was still young enough and he was still fit enough where he was able to do some damage and be a contender for a, a medal no matter what event he was competing in. And he first started out training for the the marathon. And then we got word halfway through this, or as the summer was coming around, that he was dropping down to the 10K because he got scared. He didn't feel like he could compete there anymore. So he dropped down to something a little bit more familiar. Hopefully he could compete there. And so and I thought, what I think we saw at the beginning of this summer or before COVID went down was Mo Farah realizing that he was getting old. He's not capable of what he was used to and he, what, he, what he used to be able to do. And, you know, just kind of a diminishing of his skills. And so the Olympics, and so I, th- I believe that this Olympics was not going to be kind to Mo Farah. And now, you know, the Olympics gets pushed back a year. And it's just, you know, the writing's on the wall that Mo probably isn't going to be a contender anymore. And because it got pushed back a year, he has a built-in excuse. It was just like, I, I lost that last year in my prime. And so no matter what he does, it's just gravy for Mo. And now he gets to do all this other stuff. He gets to go on game shows. He's sponsored. He, did you see that ridiculous sponsorship? Did you see that ridiculous sponsorship he had with like the the docks or whatever in in Europe or you know some crazy stuff like that? I don't know if I saw that, but I, I don't know. Like, why doesn't he just like retire? Like, why doesn't he just retire and call it a day? You know what I mean? Because he can still pa- ca- cash paychecks. He can still. He's more in the limelight, right? When you have him on the celebrity show and he's going out to run the Olympics this coming year. I don't understand why if he's ready for this next stage and to go profit and do these <laughs> game shows and all this fun stuff and you know use the the extended year as an excuse to kind of like lay down his weapon why not just say that you know i was preparing myself for the olympics it got canceled and i don't think i have another year in me so i'm just gonna call it quits you milk it as long as you can michael he gets to go to the uk you know olympic trials whatever that looks like across the pond there let the track side guys on explain that to us but uh, he gets to still be like the big name. He gets to be treated like he's Mo Farah until he doesn't, you know, he can't back it up on the track whatsoever and he doesn't qualify. And then well, it sounds retire. like the UK doesn't even want him to go after the Olympics at this point. They pretty uh, much are like, they pretty much like, I don't even know if he's going to be on the team anymore. They gave, they knighted him. They, they put a sword on either shoulder. Yeah, but that was they before. Said, You're Sir that was, Mo. That was before he was going and joining, uh, you know, Survivor Man out in the UK. No, that was what I said. He should have joined Survivor. He joined. Whatever. I'm you know a celebrity. What I mean. Get me out of here. Like, Which, what? by the way, is the worst name for a TV show I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I don't even know like how you fit that on the TV guide, you know, and it's only like a 60-minute slot, and they're trying to read the name of the it, television show, and it's too long. It feels like they were trying to like explain way too much with the title. They're like, we need to make sure people know that this is like a bad situation for these people, but they're also celebrities. Like, If they had just called it, get me out of here, that would have been fine. And then you do promotions with celebrities, and it's like... Oh, that's cool. It's a, a show where they're, you know, in dangerous places and they're celebrities. You don't need to tell me that in the title. Mm. I think it's genius. Because, I mean, it's, let's be honest. Let's it's be honest. Terrible. It's a terrible. Let's be honest. I can't imagine this show being very good. But the title's catchy enough and, like you said, it explains the show in one sentence where you might be able to get some ratings here and there from it. What do you guys think it is, right? Do you think they're in, like, like a box they have to sneak their way out of. Do you think they're like you said a survivor, or they're on like an island somewhere? Are they it's on like a bad, they're on a bad date? Get me. It, it could just be any bad situation. It's like an awkward moment. They just put celebrities in awkward moments. And it's like, 
Oh, get me out of here. I like it. I like the thought process. I like where heads at, Trent. I think it's just Survivor, though. I think they're in the wilderness. I think so, too. That's lame. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> so out. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's all the topics we got. I don't know. That's it. Where do we go from here? I don't know. New this format. is fun. We new, tried new we tried a little of the, the live cast. I know we kind of threw it out there last second on Instagram as a little bit of an experiment. So hopefully we'll do more stuff like this in the future. We're even hoping like, you know, when races do come back that we'll do do something like this in the in the future for races. Um, but this is fun. You know, I'm looking forward to the to the 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 Stoke performance virtual team race coming up. Um, I'm pretty banged up after my quote-unquote long run this morning so i don't know how it's gonna go but i'm looking forward to it. it's gonna be a good time i agree and steve i'm hoping next time that you invite us over to the gen saloon we do a little live recording that our sports team that we're rooting for that day actually wins because i feel like this is like the fourth live recording in a row that we've had to suck it up after a loss and i'm like barely in the right mind state for this have we ever had an no episode where not just that or just one of us is like Guys, I had a great day gambling today, or like last night I went like six for six on my picks. Has that ever happened? No, it's always like no. hungover and our sports team lost, or yeah, it's always, you it, know. It was, guys, I went to bed at eight o'clock last night. I put a bunch of units down, a bunch of games. I hit them all. I had a protein shake for lunch, only vegetables this afternoon. I feel great. You'll never hear us say that. I, I flawlessly hooked up three microphones so we could have a clean recording. I flossed yeah, no, my nobody, three flossed. times. That would be a crazy move. Yeah, I gotta go to the dentist this week, man. I gotta get some extra flossing in. I gotta. Do you try and make up for your lack of flossing, like the days before you go to the dentist? Hundred percent. I mean, I feel like you have to. You you at least brush an extra time that. that you you day. brush, yeah. You brush a, you know, two to three times. You floss at least once. You use mouthwash a couple times that day, but you got you gotta. You gotta prep the day before the dentist. See, now right. we're getting way off the rails here, but it's even worse because I was supposed to go like right when COVID started and cancel my appointment. I'm like, well, I'm not scheduling that anytime soon. So mm. it's a well overdue dentist appointment too. So I'm gonna have to like triple down on my uh, flossing and my teeth brushing this week. Do you guys remember when flossing wasn't like mandatory to do all the time? Like when we were young kids, I feel like flossing was like only when you needed it type of thing, and the dentist like was it was still new to the world of. Industry, I, don't, I, I think you have this wrong. I think it's just because when you're kids, flossing isn't as important because your kids so your they don't push it anyway. as much. Yeah, I think I don't think flossing is like this revolutionary thing. How come kids gotta brush their teeth if their baby teeth are gonna fall out anyway? Ooh, that's a good, that's a good question. Point. You should only start brushing your teeth once your teeth fall out. That's a good point. Hey, you want to know the proudest accomplishment in my almost thirty-three year old life? What's that? Never had a cavity. Yeah, that's never, pretty good. Never once in my life. I've had a few. I've had two. I've had two cavities and both of them are root canals. It's such BS. I'm the leader. I'm the leader of the cavity <laughs> chain. How many have you had? Six. And how many of them are root canals? I don't even know what that means, to be honest. See, that's such BS. I've only had two in my entire life and they're both root canals. That is BS. I Yeah, I, I wish I knew what that meant. I have no idea what that meant. Because yeah, you know huh? why? Never had a cavity in my life, so... Anyways, I'm sure the listeners could would listen to us talk about our dental hygiene for the you know hours more, but I think they would. <laughs> let's wrap it up. Let's kick Pure off comedy. The, let's kick off the bell app. Oh man, I, I, I didn't even know we were doing a bell app. I thought we were just sticking with the free flow, but I'm sure I can think of something here. Here's one. The All Saints, right, Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? The Saints are down three to ten right now. That can't happen, Steve. We need to get some good karma going here. Whether it's you know 
in running. We got to start feeling fresher running, whether it's in our games or it's the Patriots. I don't know what we got to do. Trent, what do I got to do to get some good karma going here so that we can start turning it around? Well, boys, next time we all get together for a, a live episode here, uh, I know football won't be on the screen because I heard it out four times today, just like, football's the worst. I'm done yes, with football. Yes. I've given up all this stuff. So I'm excited for what our next Sunday look like. So I don't know if we'll just like do yard work or we'll like do, I don't know, poetry readings Book or something club. like that. Book, Book club. club could be our Sunday activity. Yeah. It's exciting. Do something healthy. Yeah, we'll go for a run and instead of rehydrating with Miller Lite, maybe we'll drink some water you know, drink a protein shake. You know, do a little stretching after the run, keep us injury free. But anyways, like uh, you know, like we said at the top of the show today, the, we tried to do a little bit of a of a live broadcast, and I think Twitter is the best best platform for that. So if you're if you're following us on Instagram, not following us on Twitter, do us a favor, go follow us on Twitter at peaked number two early. Um, so check that out, and we'll do more of these kind of live streams in the future. You know, hopefully around some fun events when events come back. Other than that, boys. I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the joke. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and took it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love try it we're gonna we're about to record this week's episode we're all together in person we're not doing it virtually today so we figured we'd try to do it live so might get weird we might make some mistakes you guys might some see some behind the scenes uh you know stuff of how the sausage is made but uh yeah it could be fun or it could be dumb let us know either way pretty nervous i'm very nervous we usually make a lot of mistakes yeah. so <laughs> let's see if we record